There is nothing that tests a parent quite like a rainy day. So when playing outside isn't an option and you're all out of inside ideas, what can you come up with to stop them reaching for the iPad? And swimming lessons. They started off great and now your kid's starting to regress. Is this normal? And what can you do about it? All this and more on DadPod. Hello and welcome to Dad Pod. I'm Charlie Clawson. He is Osher Ginsberg. This is a podcast for dads who want to be a little bit better than how we're portrayed in advertising in the media. We're not the dumb dads. We're the can-do dads. Osh, how's your week been? Oh, Charlie, this week is uh, La Nina is La Niniing. Like, there's just never, never-ending Niniing. And so what that means yeah. is we are inside. It's raining so much. It's deluging everywhere. And cars are floating around the streets of Sydney. That's bad, but it also means that yeah. kid can't get outside. And there's a trampoline in the backyard that Wolf can't get on, and there's a lot of calories that he's ingested that he needs to get rid of. And so it, we're indoors. And so the other day... He woke up and I reckon I reckon we got thirty mils of rain in three hours. Like it just it's it's coming down in like like, it's like swimming pools are dropping on your house repeatedly. Like I couldn't believe how heavy the rain was up here two days ago. It was it was insane. Like you could not see more than like twenty meters from the house. It was so heavy. And it's loud and it's noisy and there's thunder and it's scary. So I'm like, well, we'd better do some shit indoors then, mate, because I was on Wolf Patrol. It was just me and him. <laughs> so we sat down and I ran down to my office and I have a glue stick in my office. And I'd seen that at daycare, he'd been doing some cutting and pasting. So I found the smallest pair of scissors we've got. Safety scissors or regular scissors? Regular scissors. Oh, that should be you fine. Know, but it's fine. He's just, <laughs> he's just learned what Band-Aids are, so we're okay. <laughs> okay. So we started doing some cutting and pasting and- Dude, yeah. he was so into it. It was awesome. Like, fuck, great. And not even like this is me for the next hour. It's like, this is the next five minutes. Yeah. Oh, thank God. It was literally, you know, it was literally that. It was like, it's 167 minutes until dinner yeah. time. How am I going to get this done? So are you are you doing this on the fly or are you, are you thinking up stuff on the fly or do you have like a, a, a go-to? Oh, right? yeah, I'm just totally, I'm. I'm improvising because normally in the afternoon we'll we'll go out in the backyard and we'll you know we'll we'll sweep some things up or we'll you know we'll get outside and we'll do some stuff outside and, and it's that's normally what we do when we're together. So we were cutting and pasting and we we're trying to get different colors of things up and I, he doesn't know what it is. I'm lucky and that I have a lot of hair, but with a lot of hair and heat and humidity, my scalp gets pretty weird. So um, I use this thing on my scalp called Nizoral, which helps help my scalp get a bit little less funky. It comes in this big red box. I'm like, that's right, I've got this red cardboard. Wow. So I started cutting shapes out of the – I said, what shapes do you want? Do you want squares or triangles? He says, triangles. I don't think yeah. he knows what a triangle is, but I started to cut triangles and I gave them to him and I gave him a square, the next one, and he said, no, I want a triangle. It's like – Oh, rad. He's learning shapes. This is cool. And we had such a good time. It was really, really fun. And I was stoked. I just love the fact that, you know, to be around at his mm-hmm. moment of discovery for me, I think that's the the joy and the incredible thing about witnessing a kid going, oh, that's that thing. And they now know it for the rest of their life. And it's brilliant. So much so that later that night when I was putting him to bed and he was doing his standard, dad, I need to wee, dad, I need to poo. And like, we just, okay, back out of bed. And like his bed's, he's on the big bed now, it's on the floor. And like, I've got a fucked up hip and it hurts to get him. So I'm reluctant to pick him up. Anyway, we get to the potty 
uh, to finish off his poo in the potty and we get the nappy down and just because the shape of his butt where he'd been sitting, he looks down at the shape of his poo and goes, triangle. <laughs> I'm like, yes, poo geometry. <laughs> Wait till he sees what a wombat poos. He'll blow his mind. So that, it's a cube. How does it come out like that? We've got a whole book about that. And did you know that wombats don't poo in cubes when they're in captivity? No, I did not know that. It's to do with their diet and the way they move. Yeah. It's fascinating. So we learned what triangles are, and then he was able to abstract the shape of a triangle into a three-dimensional poo shape, and I went, I have one dadding today. Well, I've just looked ahead at the forecast for the next uh, 10 days, Osh. It looks like I hope you've got a lot more of that red cardboard to go because I think you're going to be doing oh, indoor yeah, activities for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. I better, I better get some planning. I better think of some more things to do around the house, that's for sure. Well, when it comes to water, uh, a different kind of water, a pool water, in fact, terrible segue, <laughs> Iona. Piffle, that's a fantastic segue. <laughs> Iona's been... Um, Just a little less chlorine and a tiny bit more pee. It's perfect. That's right. Well, yeah, probably 90% pee, let's be honest. It's a, ki- a swimming pool dedicated to kids learning how to swim. Oh, yeah. Um, and Iona has been making some real good progress. She leapt into it uh, early. She got like right into it and then kind of, I think maybe we went too far too quick. We've talked about that on the show before. And so it's been a slow build up to getting her back to a, 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 a place of confidence. And when I say confidence, she's at the level where we're just practicing her going under. So, you know, a couple of times a lesson, you know, she'll go underwater. Sometimes she'll swim from me to Ben, our great swimming teacher. But this week, something happened and I don't know what it was, but everything was, was looking fine. We packed her swimming kit. She was in her bathers. She had her Crocs on. We were talking in the car about how much we love swimming, about how much we love putting our head under the water. And then we got there, Osh, and something's changed. I, and I, I can't, I, there was no trigger for it. It was just like, we got into the water and all of a sudden she didn't want to be there. And it was like, Everything that we'd built up over the last six weeks was completely gone. She was just wanted to cling to me. She just wanted to hang on to me. And so Ben came over and said, that's fine. We've been making some good headway. You just do what she wants to do today. Just hang out in the pool and have fun. But don't think about sort of getting her in the water or, or definitely don't think about putting her under. And so, again, which is a common theme in these episodes, Osh, my ego comes into play here because I'm looking at kids – you know, younger than Iona, like going underwater like turtles, leaping from the edge oh, of the yeah. pool. And I'm like, come on, kid, like you're embarrassing me. These kids can do all this stuff and you were doing so well. And so- Did I'm... you have to get on Airbnb and cancel your reservation for the six bedroom villa next to the Brisbane 2032 <laughs> swimming complex? Yeah. Because you are sure that Iona is going to be competing? I, was, I had those dreams. I had those dreams. I could see her on the podium at least. I'm not sure if she's going to rank first, but at least she's going to get a podium finish. She's going to podium, medal for sure. I was, I was, so as I, we were floating around in the pool and I was trying to kind of like understand what had happened. And so I was asking her like, what has changed? And, you know, and she was actually pointing out the other kids and laughing, watching the other kids jumping into the pool or, you know, going under. And, and she was saying, you know, when I'm older, I can do that. And I'm like, kid, they're younger than you. Like, (laughs) this is not something you're going to build towards. And so what's going on? Like, I understand from what this swimming teacher told me, this is perfectly normal, kids regress. But I wanted to know if it was something that maybe I was doing. You know, Jem's been away a lot. Is this a a result of an unstable home life because maybe mum's not home, she's feeling a bit more clingy? Or is there something that I'm missing, you know? And so I'll be really interested to talk to Justin about that because I know, you know, he's got six kids. So 
doubtless he's been through this experience <laughs> lots of times because I've got to say, Osh, swimming lessons, uh, I know you've, because of COVID, it's been harder for you guys to get to them, but it's one of my favorite things to do. Like it's, I love getting in the water with her. It's like, I think it's more for me sometimes than it is for her, but I want her to be brave again and I want her to be adventurous and I want her to feel safe. And I don't understand yeah. when nothing has changed from my end, why suddenly she would feel unsafe in this situation. I know exactly the feeling. We as adults, we generally have a linear progression of, of learning. And I often forget that Wolfie, you know, he will go three steps up the ladder and then take two steps back, take one step sideways and then try to climb up a different mm. way. Like, oh, that's right. That's just a part of the way you learn. And I, yeah, I get it, man. I, I get how frustrating it is. And Wolf and I have had ex that exact experience at swim classes before they stopped. We were underwater. We were doing the dolphins. We were doing it, swimming under the rainbow. We were doing everything. And then it was just get me chaos. Out. And there is nothing quite like when your toddler's wail of <laughs> protest hits the resonant <laughs> frequency of the room of the indoor pool yeah. you're in and every window around vibrates and even the old ladies with the tea cozy swimming caps look up and go, the fuck? I mean, do you think? <laughs> like, yes, it's my boy. Do you think this is like, and, and you know, uh, we're just speculating, but I remember as a kid that I had an aversion to swimming lessons. Like, I don't know where it came from, but I was a, a really nervous kid when it came to going to primary school swimming lessons. Like, I didn't like them. I often would fake sicknesses so I could get out of them. Is there any chance that genetically, like, I have passed on some fear of the water to my kid? Because if there is, I feel terrible about that. You had no choice in the matter if it was the case. <laughs> yeah, and like everything with parenting, we have the opportunity to change the pattern, and that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about what we're doing. But I'm, I'm excited to hear what Justin Colson has to say about that because I, too, want to know the answer to your question. We're going to get to Justin Colson later in the show, and we're going to get to your emails right after this. If you want to email us, it's super easy. Askdadpod at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. love to see where you're listening to the show, uh, whether it be while the kids are napping or while you're waiting out the front for pickup, whatever. Adam has sent us an email. I've been listening to your podcast throughout my wife's pregnancy. I really appreciate the relaxed everyday Australian look at fatherhood and how to be a supportive partner. Recently, it's been especially comforting to listen to as WA uh, is facing COVID spreading in the community, the borders opening. I've been quite anxious about it. My wife is at 37 weeks pregnant today. I found listening to the podcast is a really good way to bring myself back to focusing on what I can control. Thanks for being a safe space in my mind. I, I can't imagine what it would be to be at 37 weeks, which is, that's the drop zone. That's mm. like the, the side of the parachute plane is open, the green light's on, the drill sergeant's yelling, it's any minute now, we're ready to go. The bag's packed, it's on. And, oh, by the way, the pestilence is coming from the <laughs> east. <laughs> Well, I can't imagine what that would feel like, man. It's really hard. Well, I, really, I've really had hard. friends just go through this very experience like only two months ago when their son was born uh, in New Zealand. And New Zealand was r right in the midst of their uh, lockdowns. And my friend, uh, Ben, uh, who was the expectant father, had exactly the same anxieties as you. It was like, what is this going to mean? Happy to say it was a, it was a pretty uh, smooth birth. I've got a very happy little boy now. But that COVID anxiety, Osh and I can speak a little bit to that ourselves. It was different circumstances because our kids were already born. But it is something that I feel like 
you've got so many anxieties at the moment coming in. You've got so many things to think about that this is just another one that you can add to the pile. But I must admit that once you are sort of in the swing of things, there are so many things to think about that I think it just becomes another another precaution, another thing you have to take into account that I don't think it's going to take any greater precedence over the other things like feeding, swaddling, learning how to bathe, all these kind of stuff. I don't know if this is a comforting bit of advice, but you're going to have so much to think about that I think that COVID is going to be on a list of about 15 things per yeah. day that you're going to have to worry about, which thankfully, because you know the rest of Australia has been through two years of this, there's a pretty good blueprint on how to do this safely. Yeah. And I think, Adam, you got to hear this. What you're doing is probably the best thing is just try to control the controllables. Try to control what it is that is within your power to control and everything else just adapt to. Because if it's outside of your sphere of influence, if it's outside of your control, you'll just waste energy. And I'm telling you now, these are the last good sleeps you will have for mm. a long time. <laughs> so, conserve that energy, mate. Just every second of slumber <laughs> you want to protect. Okay. You don't want to be worrying about stuff that you can't do anything about, mate. But so you're on, you're on the money here, mate. You're, you really are. And let us know how it goes. I'm so stoked that you like the show. Thanks heaps for listening, Adam. Really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us, super easy. Askdadpod at gmail.com. Charlie and I were talking earlier about Iona's reluctance to, to get back in the pool at swimming lessons. And I'm a little worried that I, I don't have enough things planned for the next big rainy <laughs> afternoon. So we're going to talk with Dr. Justin Colson and get his thoughts in just a sec. Well, Charlie, we are very happy to have back on the show someone who actually knows the truth and knows what they're talking about. Dr. Justin Colson, he is the founder of happyfamilies.com.au. He has written a bunch of books. There's heaps of digital resources on his website as well as his podcast, which I believe has a few more zeros and hours in the download charts, but we will yeah. get there. Uh, Justin, so good to have you back on the show. With six children, surely you've done some swimming lessons. Charlie and Iona oh, no, have had they've had a week with the swimming lessons, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been there. I've been there. I love as well how in the intro you're like a, a guy who actually knows what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're underselling you or overselling me, but either way, I, you, you made me laugh. Well, six kids and six books. I don't know how you have time to do anything else. I mean, I'm struggling with one child and no books, yeah. particularly around uh, swimming <laughs> lessons. So I'll just give you a bit of background. Uh, Iona initially in her first couple of lessons, I thought, my God, I've got uh, like a future gold medalist here. Yes, she you so do. She went straight into the water. She went under straight away. And then she sort of went backwards a bit and she got really, really scared about going underwater again. And the swimming coach we have is fantastic. He specializes in teaching kids. And he was like, that's fine. We'll just peel things back and we'll go at our own pace. And so we slowed everything right down and we just got to acclimatize to swimming again. And so over the course of maybe like, you know, five or six or seven weeks, we built back up again to Iona going back under and she went under couple of weeks in a row and she was feeling really good about it. And then a few days ago, we're driving out to swimming lessons and we're talking about how great it is. We're going to see your teacher and all your friends and you're going to go under and you're going to be like a mermaid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we got there and I don't know what shifted, what 
primordial kind of signal she got. But as soon as we entered the pool, she was like, I don't want to be here. I want to get out. And it was back to square one again. And the teacher swam over and said, it's fine. Like, you know, we're not going to make her do anything she doesn't want to do. We're not going to, we don't want to implant that in her brain that coming to swimming lessons is a terrible thing. So you just hang out with her on the steps. But and this is a common thread when we talk to you, uh, Justin, is like my ego kicks in and I'm like, but kid, like I had Olympic dreams for you. What's going on? And I was trying to do that again, that logic thing of explaining, but you've done this before and, and we've been through this and you're the mermaid and all this kind of stuff. But it was like she'd never been in a pool ever before. So my question to you is, A, is regression like this normal? And B, what can I do about it? So I'm just imagining like on her Twitter profile in – a few years time when she's old enough for one, is she going to have yeah. like champion of the goldfish squad? Like, like <laughs> Probably. I imagine something like that. I, I think we kind of put a lot of pressure on our kids unnecessarily at this point. Oh, I'm imagining five like gold medal emojis. <laughs> right. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, I, I like it. I, I get this question around swimming lessons. I get it around kids and academic performance. Like the number of parents that have got their four-year-olds having extra tutoring so that they're advanced enough to be the ducks of kindergarten. And, and I'm kind of going... <laughs> Really? I don't want to sound too incredulous. I don't want to shame anyone for doing it, except just stop. Get over it. Like, it's not worth the stress. They're two and a half or they're four or they're eight. Like, there's just no need for it. What they need to be doing right now is having fun and smiling and laughing. And I really like the teacher's approach is, hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. So long as they're at the pool and they're having a positive experience, that's all that matters. If they don't want to get in the water and dunk their head, no stress. Now, there is a little bit to think about here, though, because what research also shows is that avoidance reinforces anxiety, right? So if I'm scared of going in the water and now dad says, oh, don't worry, sweetheart, you don't have to, I get this really big sense of reward. My brain floods with all those feel-good chemicals and I'm like, oh, it feels so good to be told I don't have to go in the water. And that actually reinforces the concept that it's nice to not be in the water. So avoidance can reinforce anxiety. And I think intrinsically we know that, which is why we're like, no, 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 you've done it before and you've got to get in there because I don't want you to cement this reinforced attitude that it's better to be out than in. Is distraction a useful technique? So I was just cradling her and we were pointing out, you know, the rubber duckies around the pool, got lost. Just trying to keep the experience fun, but, you know, keep her in the water. That was my kind of goal was, well, let's just stay in the water. I've, I've worked out what specifically the issue is with her. She doesn't like the sensation of the water on her face. I think maybe she got water up her nose. Yeah. And that really bothers her because I've noticed that even in the bathtub now, she's really kind of apprehensive about having water in her face. And I know from the lessons, one of the things the teacher has us do is to just gently kind of drip water on the kid's head so they get used to that feeling of water running down their face. But am I helping things by distracting her, by like, you know, giving her toys to play with and, and, and keeping it in the water or should I be addressing the issue head on? Distraction is one of those really controversial topics. Some people think that it's terrible because it masks the fear and it, it takes the kids away from where they really need to be and, and they've got to be able to feel it and be consenting and know what's happening in their bodies and be free agents to make those choices for themselves. I have a slightly more pragmatic and practical approach when it comes to distraction. If it works and there's nothing harmful going on, then hell yes. And, and I, I, I love that concept because we know ultimately that our little kids learning to swim is going to be, a, it's, it's a valuable skill. It's a life-saving skill. 
we live in Australia for crying out loud. You you got to know how to swim. <laughs> and, and so <laughs> on an island, <laughs> it's kind of like whatever it takes, so long as there's no major distress. And when she gets out of the pool, if she's proud of herself, if she feels happy about what she's done, then the distraction is absolutely worthwhile. Now, if she gets out of the pool and she's still distressed and she's freaking out about it next time, then it's probably not a useful strategy. But most of the time with little kids, as soon as you start distracting them, if it moves them away from the negative emotional state that they're in where they've got no intelligence and huge explosive emotions and then they get into the flow of the moment and they're glad that they did it, I I say fill your boots. Like as much distraction as you can go for it, it, it works. Do it. There's also a trampoline at the uh, where the swimming lessons is, and so that's my little kind of reward. Ah, you're saying bribery. Bribery. Well, then that's a different story. I don't like bribery, Charlie, but I love this. (laughs) Oh, you were so good, Charlie. You were there, mate. You were there. But is it bribery when I package it up? It's like, yeah, we're going for swimming lessons and five minutes on the tramp. Like it's sort of the same thing, right? Well, well, it depends on whether or not it's going to be removed, right? So if it's only available to you if you get in the pool and swim, bad news. If we're going to go swimming and then we're going to jump on the trampoline and it's just part of the package and whether you swim or not, we're still on the tramp, no worries at all. Because what that starts to teach your kids at the age of two and a half is that my daddy only loves me when I do this. Like it, it creates what we call an extrinsic contingency, fancy words, but it basically means dad's saying, do this and you'll get that, which sounds really nice when it's a good thing. But we also say the same thing when they're doing the wrong stuff, right? Do this and you'll get that. Either way, what we're actually doing is saying, I've got the power to determine whether your life is happy or miserable and you need to do what pleases me so that you can have nice things. And that's a really damaging way to raise a child. And it's unfortunately how our kids have been raised for Remind, Reminds me of exactly how me and everybody my age was raised. Pretty much. That, yeah. That's right. I mean, my household, we need an ICAC stat because the amount of rides <laughs> that go flying around in my household to get in do anything. Well, It'd be, mate, why would we need to put an ICAC? There's no need for that. Uh, I'm so grateful you talked about that because of COVID, we've had this massive break in swimming lessons here in Sydney and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back there because we were where Charlie is right now when it all shut down and I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get back there. But because we haven't been able to leave the house, La Nina persists here in the New South Wales area where we live and we have been just deluged the last probably two weeks. Normally on days when Wolf doesn't go to daycare, we got a big bike, we take the bike to the park, we go down the road, we go on little adventures. There's an excursion every day, every morning before nap time. We try to. Now it's just rainy days. Now I understand why people just want to put on ABC Kids because there's shit to do. You know, there's, I've, you know, there's dishwashers to empty, there's stuff to get done. But the other day we ended up doing some cutting and pasting and, you know, between when he woke up around 2, 2.30 and, and dinner time, which was at 5, I was improvising. Uh, but we ended up doing like some cutting and pasting and then we play it in this little kind of pop-up play cubby that we can put in the d- dining room, in the living room. And, and what else did we do? We did some Play-Doh, we did some sort of stuff. But I'm thinking like, you know, when I look at the weather forecast the next day, we moved through probably three different activities over the course of two and a half hours, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I thought I was doing all right, but how many things should I have up my sleeve? What are some things that I can prep and be ready for so that if it's suddenly deluging or if it's too hot to go out, I'd be like, right, we're going to be okay. And what's some things that we can plan for around that? Osha, let's just wind this back a little bit. You said, I don't know if this is good or bad. I just want to highlight how peak 2022 that question is. Like if if you look at the history of parenting, parenting didn't even become a thing. Like it didn't appear in the dictionary as a verb 
right? So parent has always been a noun. If you're a parent, it's like being a husband or a wife or being a whatever. That's a noun. Parenting, the verb, didn't actually appear in the dictionary until 1958. And it wasn't until the 1970s that people started to talk about and worry about whether or not they were good parents, whether they were doing parenting well. So this is a reasonably new phenomenon. And the idea that I might be a good or a bad parent based on the number of activities that I'm doing with my little one on a wet, rainy afternoon, like our parents, they would never have considered whether that was a reasonable question to ask. Like the question would never have occurred to them to ask. Like, so I just want to highlight how bizarre parenting has become in the last few decades. We just, we didn't care. Yeah. No one cared when we were growing up. It was like, in the oh, 70s, your parents would just hand you a pack of cigarettes and a six pack and go, go have fun. Kids. Take, take the car. I know you're only eight, but come back when the sun comes down. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that we yeah. should have nostalgia for that, but just we are so neurotic now about parenting. And I, I think that it's doing us harm and doing our kids harm. I don't know that we need to be worried about whether or not two activities or three activities or four activities is good or bad. I reckon that there are probably some other questions that might be more useful for us to ask. I want to just reassure any parent who's rolling their eyes right now, if you hate playing with your kids, it's okay. Like I've got six of them and and I'm I'm going to say this straight up, unless it's something that I can get into with them, unless it's usually something physical, I dead set. I hope this doesn't sort of make it onto the front page of news.com.au or anything, but I hate playing with my kids. The parenting expert, hate it, bores the crap out of me. It's the word because I've got stuff to do, right? Like just yeah. figure it out, kiddo. I know you're only two, but figure it out. It's it, there's stuff. <laughs> I've got all these resources in the toy room or in your bedroom, whatever it is. I've got jigsaw puzzles and I've got books and coloring in. I've got Play-Doh. Just go and do it and come and see me and I'll give you a hug and a wrestle and then go and do it again. Uh, unfortunately, that's usually not going to cut the mustard for a lot of today's parents. <laughs> so, so here's what I reckon. Is your child feeling energized? Are they vital? Are they engaging? If they're doing that, whether it's one activity or 14 activities, it doesn't matter. What I'm what I'm looking for really when when I'm setting up playtime for a toddler or a preschooler for these younger kids is something that can be child-led that they can choose to do. It's something that they're able to do on their own for a short time. So let's do some water play on the back balcony. You beauty, let's head out there now. And you get them set up and you say, all right, while you're playing, I'm going to go and do those 43 emails that have been hanging around because work from home and it's hard dealing with toddlers and wet weather and all that sort of stuff. And then after about 10 minutes, you step back outside. Oh, yeah, they're still doing all right. If it's child-led and if they're enjoying it, that's great. There are some things that you do want to do with them. Like I said, I do hate playing with my kids, but if they're doing some things, I'm all in. I can't wait to wrestle on the floor or play with the ball or do that kind of stuff. So- uh, there are some things that you want to be involved in, some that you don't. Pick and choose. Let them lead it. The main thing is if they're getting clingy, either they need you, which is important, or you haven't dialed in the right activity for them. Right. That does make sense. He was he was actually pretty good by himself when I did have to, you know, get up and, you know, put the pressure cooker on or, or do whatever. Child-led is good. I did give him a pair of scissors and right. there didn't need to be any band. There was no Band-Aids involved, so yeah, yeah. that worked out. Just keep them away from the curtains, well. right? Curtains and cushions, scissors, bad mix, but if you've got paper, whatever, you're fine. Well, mate, with all the deliveries coming into our house, mate, there's that much packaging to cut through. He's all about it. You got it. So, well, that does make me feel a bit a bit better about not having, you know, because sometimes Audrey sends me, a, you know, a link and there's this person who's got like, I have the six things planned for this afternoon and I've made squishy pasta and we're going to do slime and da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, I've got... 
you know, stuff to record and I've got to make a video for this person and thing for that person. You know, I've got shit to do. Yeah. But, but I mean, let, let's be really clear about this. You, you don't want to leave them understimulated with nothing to do either because they will take the scissors yeah. to the curtains. So uh, having yeah, a bit yeah. of slime or having the sand or the water playing, ha- having, having the resources there is really important. Uh, you don't want to leave them staring at an iPad or with nothing to do. But the extent to which you have to be involved, I, I reckon you want to keep it low. I'm not going to say minimise it, but keep it low and let them figure out most of it themselves and come to you when they need help. That's healthy for them. That's called autonomy and that satisfies major needs for them. I did really enjoy him learning the difference between squares and triangles though. That was actually pretty fun for me to see him discover that. So I actually really liked it. I, yeah. thought it was, I thought it was super cool. Justin, it's always great to have you on the show, mate. You make me feel like I'm not making a thousand mistakes a day trying to get this right. Mate, thank you so much. Dr. Justin Colson is the founder of happyfamilies.com.au. Go to his website where you can get all his books, his digital resources, uh, the courses that he runs, and also listen to his fantastical podcast. Thanks heaps for your time, man. Hey, thanks, Osha. Thanks, Charlie. Well, that was great. I mean, I love when we have Justin on the show. He's so reassuring and it makes Mm. me feel like I'm not doing as bad a job as sometimes I think I'm doing. I have learned a lot today. The one lesson I think I'm going to take away is um, when it comes to swimming lessons or lessons of any kind, really, is as long as Iona is having fun, then that's the main thing. I need to put aside my dreams of Olympic glory for now and just tailor the lessons to her comfort level and her enjoyment level. And if I'm honest, she was happy just floating around and hanging on to me and, you know, playing with the rubber duckies and the, and the pool noodles and stuff. I think a lot of this stuff comes back to my expectations rather than her expectations. She's probably moving at just the right speed for a two-year-old. It's me who's like, come on, <laughs> like you're going to be the next superfish. Get in the pool. <laughs> I don't want to be – when they make the biopic about Iona in 30 years' time, I don't want to be the dad that they portray as being like the hard taskmaster. No, no. I want to be the dad that was like he – was, he was Park Kent. Yeah. I've got an extraordinary yeah. child. I'm just going to give her room to become the super person she will be. Watch the Tiger Woods documentary and do everything differently. And you'll be fine. (laughs) Any tennis coach father do the opposite. I guess what I learned today was as long as the rainy day activities are child-led, safe, and that it's okay to not play with them, what that actually does, it, it builds their autonomy, which is actually a good thing. So... It's okay to not like to play with them. Like if he's doing something that I'm not into, it's like that's that's all right. It was weird hearing Justin say mm. that and feeling okay about it. But yeah, yeah. building that autonomy is an important thing for them. I think that's huge for me. That was my big takeaway from that as well, is that sometimes you feel like I must be in there, like somehow I'm being negligent if I'm not playing. But there's been a few times, like uh, even a couple of days ago when I was doing some like housework and I checked in on her a couple of times. She was quite happy to just be just moving around the room, reading books, playing with the toys, and her imagination was working. It's, it's again, it sort of comes down to your own kind of ego, and it's like, well, I want to be the best parent, and I'm going to like just like be a helicopter and just hover above them at all times. Yeah. Maybe not necessary. I say, let's bring it back to the good old days. Did you make it past the age of five? Do you have smallpox? <laughs> right. Then fine, get to your day job. <laughs> now here's your chimney broom. Now get up, earn there, your kid. keep. <laughs> Got to make us earn some money. <laughs> Uh, thanks heaps for listening please tell your other mates about it tell other dads tell other mums like share rate review whatever you can that really really helps us out please subscribe to the show and do get in touch with us askdadpod at gmail.com and you can find us on the gram dadpodgram thanks to everybody that helped us make the show thank you Charlie good luck with swimming lessons next week I'm off to 
uh, find more glue sticks because we're out of glue sticks now because there's more rain on the way. And please get some safety scissors yeah. just for my sake. Oh, well. <laughs> but that or more Band-Aids. Sometimes you got to learn a lesson, kid. Sometimes. Yeah, and scars are cool. <laughs> scars are cool. Now, I do want him to be able to count to 10. Uh, it's important. <laughs> it's important. Nine probably won't, probably won't cut it. Thanks for listening. Until we speak next time. Don't touch that. Don't touch that.